Welcome to the Outpouring Orlando Sermon Podcast. We exist to help people grow in Christ, share the gospel, and serve the community. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, family. Y'all all right? Y'all good this morning? Good, 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 good. Um, I, I, I feel like our pastor, well, for me, he is... Uh, Probably he is my in my top five of the one of the greatest pe- preachers ever, and so I, I'm not him, but uh, I <laughs> I um, I try to sit up under him and learn from him, and um, and I hope today um, that I can kind of give you a little insight on our on our our scripture today. Um, I counted a privilege to serve in this way today. I'm always nervous whether I'm singing or talking or I, sometimes it may not feel like it, but I, I get nervous all the time just to stand, stand before people um, and, and do anything. So um, if y'all could just help me, can y'all help me out? Can y'all preach with me today? Can y'all help me out? <laughs> Amen. Um, and those, you know, who um, usually take this opportunity as a um, pre-Sunday nap, um, <laughs> I'm going to ask y'all to help me out again today, all right? And, uh, and let's try to uh, preach this together. Can we do that? Amen. Um, Psalms 100. Yeah, I see some of y'all back there when I'm working. I, I see the, the eyes getting heavy and the, and the, and the head nodding. Um, but I promise you, I won't be before you long. Can y'all give me about 20, 25 minutes? Amen. All right. Uh, Psalms 100. Um, very familiar passage. Um, I've learned a lot just studying it uh, for the past few weeks. Um, so let's read it together. Um, well, let's, are, are we doing the ESV, ESV version? Okay, all right, ESV version. Um, sorry if you have different, a different version, but it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you um, for an opportunity, O oh God, to come into your presence this morning. We thank you, O oh God. We count it a privilege and an honor, O oh Lord, that we have breath in our bodies today, O oh God. Um, so many people have, have gone on. So many people have fallen away. So many people um, have become sick. So many people have, have not made it to this point. But Lord, we just thank you today, O oh Lord. I thank you for, my, for myself today, O oh Lord, just being able to just share your word in this way, O oh Lord. I pray, O oh God, that as your word go forth, Today, O oh God, that everyone doesn't see me, O oh God, but they will see you, O oh Lord. Um, for it's not about me, it's not about what I have to say, but it's about what you have to say today, O oh God. And so I just pray that we can gain insight in your word today, O oh Lord. And I pray, O oh Lord, that somebody is blessed. I pray, pray that somebody is touched today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You can have a seat. Um, Psalms 100. Uh, the book of Psalms is a collection of about 150 psalms and poems that express a wide variety of, of emotions, um, 
such as love and adoration towards God, sorrow over sin, dependence on God in desperate circumstances, the battle of fear and trust, walking with God even when the way seems dark, thankfulness for God's care, devotion to the word of God, and also a confidence in the eventual triumph of God's purposes for the world. Um, but as we get to Psalms 100, the old 100th, as it is called, it is the capstone of the collection of Psalms ranging from Psalms 93 to 99. Um, and it is the only Psalm that is explicitly intended for Thanksgiving as seen in your heading. If you look in your Bible, it should say a Psalm of Thanksgiving or a Psalm of giving thanks. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't other psalms that express thanksgiving, but this psalm is very special because it provides us with an intentional model of how we are to enter into God's presence and what we are to be thankful for. Um, in this psalm, we celebrate the gospel, not just given to Israel, but we celebrate um, the gospel and the good news given to the whole world. Um, and, and, and we're going to take it um verse by verse here um, to kind of break it down and just see what the writer is, is, is telling us. And, and in verse one through two, he says to make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness and to come into his presence with singing. Um, these first two verses, they summon the people with exhortation, right? Mm -hmm. When we come into the presence of God, we should come with a thankful heart, singing and praising the Lord, our God. When Christians come into church, we should not be dry or we shouldn't be like the walking dead. Right. We shouldn't feel bothered that we're here. Right. But no, uh, we should come just as the Israelites did in those days when they came in the temple of the Lord. They came shouting triumphantly. And we must understand that it's a privilege to gain admittance into the presence of God and to have liberty and freedom to access him and receive the benefits of prayer, the benefit of preaching and the benefit of gathering together amongst other believers. As the good news or the gospel is about to go forth every Sunday um, or whenever we gather together, uh, the reception of the saints, it should be joyful. Um, it's interesting, though, in the wording used when the author states all the earth, all ye lands, all people. Um, the text doesn't just say all of Israel. Right. Um, it says all the earth, all ye lands. So this suggests that God is not just the God of Israel, but he's also the God of all. And so, therefore, we have an opportunity to come into the presence of God with a joyful and triumphant shout. The Lord is the creator of all people, not just Israel, but Israel existed to bring light to the entire earth. And as we have um, and we have the opportunity to do this in the world that we live in today. No one would want to serve or worship a God that you yourself are not excited to praise and worship. We are to make a joyful noise when we come into his presence. Everyone from all backgrounds, from all nations, all tribes, every tongue. Right. And then he moves on. Um, he tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And then he tells us to serve the Lord with gladness. 
to serve the Lord or to worship the Lord with gladness. They're, they're interchangeable here. Worship the Lord. Some versions say worship the Lord and we serve the Lord. Um, but what we do in our what, what do we do or what do we call our gatherings? Right. Um, if you're from an old school church like I am, um, my grandmother, she's there. She's a testament. Uh, she can be a testament there. My mom. Um, what, what do they say? They say they, they, they ask you, are you going to service today? How was service today? Service was mm, service was good today. Right. That, that that's what they typically say. And and, and I believe and I, and I assume that they understood that to serve the Lord is just a simple invitation to participate in worship. Hence, where we get the terminology worship service. And the psalmist, uh, the psalmist summons us to not just do some things, not to just show up and do a job uh, to fulfill obligation. No, he summons us to serve the Lord with gladness to serve him with cheerfulness and to serve him and worship him with delight. And sometimes I, I, I think we often view attending church as an option of convenience, right? We see it as something to be worked into our busy everyday life, you know, quote unquote busy, like everybody, like you're the only busy one. But we see it as uh, as something to be worked into our everyday schedules instead of working it into those things. Yeah. And see, the Israelites, they viewed it very differently in those days. Attending church and going to the temple was something that they lived. It was something that they were excited to do. And church attendance, I must tell you, my family, that it matters to God. It matters to the church and it should matter to you. I remember growing up, coming up, uh, it felt like we were at church 24 seven. I mean, from Sunday morning, you know, three services, Sunday school, all that kind of stuff. Monday, we turn around and there's a, 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 a kids rehearsal or something for the kids choir on Tuesday, which was just another little small church service. But it was called Bible study. Um, and on Wednesday, we would come in and we would uh, have an adult re choir rehearsal. And then on Thursday, we would come in. They called it something like prayer and Terry service. Right. And then on Friday, um, we would come in and have another rehearsal this time it's the young adult rehearsal and then on Saturday we're at somebody's church at a quote-unquote program we don't call them they call we call them concerts now but back then they used to call it a program right and it and it just seemed like you know then Sunday comes back around and we do it all over again it starts all over again and we were like together all the time we were always doing we were always serving we were always growing together and may I tell you something that it's very hard to find a Christian growing in faith if they are not joined together in worship services with other believers can I suggest to you that if you are not okay with going to church then you might not be okay with God can I suggest that to you today? I've heard a few of my fellow believers um, over well, really since since COVID has come, you know, they they express that they've become disconnected from the church. Um, they, uh, you know, that they, they just don't feel connected, um, even though we hardly ever see them. They feel as though they're disconnected from the church. And that's no shade. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying. Um, but it's impossible to be good with Christ if you're not good with if you're not OK and good with his church, the bride. If I never see my wife, I put it this way, if I never see my wife, we've been married uh, going on next year to be seven years for us, along with the church, um, seven years. And if I never come home to her, if I never go and take her out, if I never do some things with her um, to to make our relationship what it should be. What would happen? We would become disconnected. Right. We would feel a disc, uh, 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 
some disconnection there. We wouldn't feel as close to each other um, as we should. Um, and uh, but regular church attendance and your service to God, it matters. It matters. And it goes beyond the four walls of the church. Um, Paul uses the same language of doctrine to application in Romans 12 and one. When he tells us, he says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Worship, my friends, is more than a feeling. Worship includes the matter of applying faith to everyday life. And we worship as as a pattern life after God's way and not the world's. And so as we move on in the passage, he, he, he tells us to come into his presence with singing. Now, if you're like me, um, I love food, right? I, I, I like to make it. I like to eat it. You know, it, it, anybody out there like that? Y'all just just, you know, you just like you just like to taste things you like you just like food. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know. Have you ever gotten to a point when you're when you're 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 you're, you're you're going to make something that you may have found or 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 you um, go to a, a nice uh, the restaurant and you want to make you want to try something for the first time. And you just feel like, you know, oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to taste that. And then the moment comes when it's sitting right there in your face. Right. And you get the fork or you pick it up with your hand and you just put it in your mouth and then you just mm, you start to hum and you start to mm, this is good. Yes. You know, you start to you start to do all of that, that good. And, and, and I imagine this is how it should be when we come into the presence of the Lord, that our our coming and being together. It should be just like that. It should be like a good meal that we're getting ready to eat. Um, so with the cheerfulness and excitement, knowing that I'm about to eat something good when I begin to eat. Uh, that food suddenly I start to hum and a new song comes and it breaks forth on the inside and our expectation to enter God's presence should be just like that. When we come into our gatherings, a song should break out in your soul. Um, and, and, and you know, and you, you're not, you, you may not even know how to sing, right? You know, unless you're the praise and worship leader, I, I feel like you should know how to how to sing on pitch. But, you know, it's not about that when we're together, when we're together and we're singing collectively. Uh, that's how it should be when we come to the presence of the Lord. In today's modern church. Music has become a huge element in the worship gatherings, whereas other religions, they employ like repetitive chants or or some only allow professional singers or professional uh, clergy or choirs to sing. And sometimes those kinds of worship styles can be kind of lifeless or grim. But when we come together um, and to sing together, we can sing aloud together. And that's a beautiful thing. Our worship can be heartfelt together. It doesn't matter um, how you sound. God just wants to hear from you singing joyfully and shouting to his name. Um, writer Don, uh, Donald Gray, he says this, uh, he's quoted by saying this, wherever there is the warm knowledge of sin forgiven, wherever Christ is exalted in his grace and saving power, then the singing takes on a whole note, of, um, a, a note of triumph. And I love that. But don't forget at the outset, the psalmist is addressing all people here. Not just one person or one group of people. The verbs used in these passages, they're very key. Also, if we were to pick out uh, words to describe the kind of worship that the psalmist is calling us to, we find that our worship should be joyful. Our worship should be glad. Our service should be glad. 
and it should be musical. But most importantly, our worship services should be something that we should not omit is that it should be evangelistic. All the earth is summoned to praise the Lord in this text. Worship is not exclusive to just Israel, but is always intended for people of all lands. The prophet Isaiah is very clear in his writings of what the Lord told him or said to him in Isaiah 56 when he tells those that God has declared his house a house of prayer for all people who would come to him. Israel 56, 3 through 7, it says, No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, The Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch should not say, Look, I am dry, I'm a dried up tree. For the Lord says this, For the eunuchs who who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me and holds firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house within my walls a memorial and a name that is better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. As for the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, the love uh, to love the name of the Lord, to become his servants. Right. All who who keep the Sabbath without dis, uh, discrediting it and and who hold firmly to his covenant, I will bring them to my mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on the altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And that's a beautiful thing. There are many passages in the Bible where God is not just pointing to Israel, but he's pointing to all people. When we assemble together in worship, we should desire not only to make a joyful noise ourselves, but we should want all nations to unite together with this joyful task. Our worship gatherings are not put together to secularize or to impress others, but it should be an evangelistic tool used so that anyone who walks in these doors... Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, crippled, disabled or normal can feel welcome to worship the Lord our God. Our worship, our worship services are not just another. Um, our worship services, they are just another form of spreading the gospel with the Great Commission in mind. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest writers ever, he said this. He said, never will the world be in its proper condition till till with one unanimous shout. It adores our only God. Now, as we move on, let's let's get into the the motivations behind this worship. Right. That um, that the psalmist is getting at. He's 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 motivating us. There are some mot motivations here uh, for this type of worship. So he says to make a joyful noise, come before him with singing, serve him with gladness. And then he says to know that he is God. What is it about the Lord that makes such a positive approach to worship so urgent for his people? The word know here makes an important point about the believer's approach to worship. We do worship God not according to our feelings, not according to our needs, not according to our desires, but based on what we know about him. And primarily what we know about God, it comes from God himself and his word. The emphasis on know in this passage, it reminds us that true thanksgiving must be intelligent. We must know whom we are thanking. We are motivated to worship God with an excited gladness because of what we know about him. So what is it? What is this? What, what do we know about God? Think about that for a moment. What do you know about God? I'll help you out here. First, we must know as we move on in the verse that we must know that God is the creator. In verse three, he says, 
It is he who has made us. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells in it. Revelations 4 and 11, it says it like this. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, our, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Colossians 1 and 16, it says, for by him all things were created in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So what is the psalmist getting at here? The Lord has the right to your service and your worship. He says he is God and he is the creator. He has the right to your worship. He has the right to your obedience and he has the right to your worship and your service. It's important to understand, family, why we were created. We were created and we were made for his glory. And we also must understand that it is a privilege that we get to come into relationship with the great God, our creator. Number two, secondly, in addition to knowing that he is God as creator, believers should take note in knowing him as our redeemer. The verse concludes by saying we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Jesus said in John 10 and 11 that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And it's a beautiful thing that we are claimed by God as his own. God gave up his son for us to die in our place. And with his life, he has purchased us. And he also claims us as his own. Christ has paid the ultimate price and he has redeemed us and he leads us from the power of sin and he leads us to heaven. He's a mighty good shepherd. Amen. Amen. As we move on further down in John 20, um, chapter 10 in, in the 28th verse, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And having an understanding and knowing God as our redeemer through his son, Jesus, is the greatest of all motivations for fervent and joyful and devoted worship to him. When <clears throat> excuse me, when we are in seasons of prosperity, when we are prospering, yes, we are to be thankful unto the Lord. And also when we are in seasons of pain and suffering and sorrow with the tears streaming down our faces, we can still continue to be thankful because God says that we are his and regardless of anything else being his one precious and beloved people individually and together as the church let us passionately be motivating knowing that God that the Lord is God and because he is God we are his and we can make a joyful noise and serve him with gladness and come in his presence with singing so let us take a uh, a look at the last two verses here. Uh, I want I want you to see how the psalmist is laying out this pattern here. In verse four, he tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, if you notice in verses one and two, the psalmist sum summons us with some things to do. Right. He tells us to make a joyful noise, to serve or worship with gladness. Come 
with singing. And then he supports that and he gives the why we should be doing that because he is God. He is the creator. He is our shepherd, the redeemer. John Piper, one of my favorite pastors and, and teachers, he says he calls it this. He calls it exaltation to education. We exalt and then we're uh, being educated on why we are doing these things. It's the same pattern here in these two verses that he's returning with more summoning by saying, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Whenever the Israelites entered the temple courts, there had to be blood sacrifices offered by lambs and goats. Although for us, thank God for Jesus, Christ has come and those types of sacrifices are no more. But the offering of thankfulness, it continues Charles Spurgeon, another quote from him, he says that so long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be givers of thanks. And as the verse continues, he says to give thanks to him and bless his name. This part of the verse is so special because um, this must be our desire as we worship together. That by means of thanksgiving, we are giving blessings directly to God, pleasing him and glorifying his wonderful name. This is the why behind our actions. We live, we sung it today, we live to glorify our God. The psalmist explains or supports his commands uh, uh, with the why in verse five here. He says, for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Now let's stop for a minute and, then, and let's just examine the word good. Give thanks to him. I'm sorry. Sorry, I lost my place. So let's stop for a minute and let's just examine the word good. So give thanks to him and bless his name. Why? Because he is good. The word good here has some has some significance. As we go a little further in scripture over the over to the Gospels, I'm reminded of the rich young ruler who also called Jesus good. And I feel like we've read this passage a thousand times this year. But come on, one more for the road. Right. Mark 10, 17 through 18, it says this, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to and knelt down before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit, in, inherit eternal life? And then Jesus, in his typical response fashion, he says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, no one is good except God alone. And I assume that the psalmist here in this passage he knew this as well, that there is no one on the earth. There's no other uh, idol God. And, and we ourselves are not even good. We have tried to dumb down and, and diminish or even replace the word good with things like great and awesome and amazing and spectacular because we feel like those words have a greater value. Right. But can I suggest to you that the word good has a greater value than all those words, that the word good puts God in a category all by himself. That only God can truly be called good, Jesus said. God is the very standard of what good. Um, it, God is the very standard of what good is and everything else is measured by his goodness. God lives and he acts in ways that are the perfect expression of goodness. He is always faithful to himself and to his people. He is unchanging. He is unswerving in his character. And look, look at it this way. When you when you hear the word good or you when you hear the word God, the word God is just a shortened word for good. In Psalms 38 and eight, the psalmist there, he says to oh, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Bless, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We can also be thankful, family, and bless his name because his plans are also good. There's no greater proof of this than the cross of Jesus. He was put to death by wicked and sick people, his own creation, might I add. But God's perfect plan was so great that it took the worst thing that could ever happen and turned it around to be the best thing that could have ever occurred for those who would only believe. And we see firsthand here that what the devil or the enemy meant for evil, y'all know the song, what the enemy meant for evil, he's turning and working it out for our good, right? He's turning it out and he's, he's, he's turning it around. He's working it for our good. Why? Because he is good. He is the very essence of what good is. He has brought the greatest good out of the greatest evil. Secondly, as we adore God because he is good and also because his steadfast love endures forever. We've all heard the expression or saying that God is love, and it's true. It's important to know that his love finds expression in everything that he says and does. When we look at the cross of Jesus and when and where he died, we can find assurance in God's love. The Apostle Paul, he says this in Galatians 2 and 20. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we go through life and we don't understand why things are the way they are or the reason why God uh, or the reason of his dealings, we as believers can know and we should know that God's steadfast, committed and loyal love is behind everything. And since that love lasts forever, we can enter into his presence, into his courts with praise. And lastly, as a close, the Lord is praised for such an admirable attribute, which is faithfulness. Oh, how I long to see those who are faithful to God because he is always faithful to us. God keeps his covenant with his people. He fulfills every promise that he has ever made. And if his word says it, you can take it to the bank and you can cash it and that word will never bounce. He is utterly dependable. Our hearts can leap for joy and we can sing praises to the one who has never broken a promise or changed his purpose. Just as he was faithful to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob all the way to Moses and Israel by bringing them out of bondage and keeping them through the wilderness, bringing them into the promised land, being there through the Babylonian exile. God was faithful and we can also be assured today that God will be faithful to us. That the God of Psalms 100 becomes our God and we rejoice to be his people through the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. He calls us to himself. So as we enter into 2022, this is our last Sunday of this year together. Let us be remembered as the message of this, uh, of the title of this message today is just make a joyful noise, a call to worship. Let's remember 
this call to worship from start to finish. Remember, family, that we have gained access to God through his son, Jesus. When we gather together and come into our gatherings, let us be reminded that it's a privilege to make a joyful noise, that it's a privilege to serve and to do it with gladness. And it's a privilege to come and sing with other believers and to serenade our God, our King. Why? Because he is God and because he has made us, he is our redeemer. Let us enter his gates with thankfulness and enter his courts with adoration and praise, blessing his name because he is in a category all by himself. He is a good God and he is faithful and he is committed and he is loyal and his love lasts forever. Make a joyful noise, a call to worship. Let us pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If it was a blessing to you, please consider visiting our website, outpouringorlando.com to connect with us and to also give financial support. If you are ever in the Orlando area, we would love to serve and worship with you. Have a wonderful week.